What up? It's time for Movie Mastery in theaters now. I am your host, John. Over there is Jeff. We went and saw the movie in theaters that you voted for this month, and the winner this month was Hereditary. Yay! Hereditary. A horror movie. Finally, a horror movie in July, June, for the rest of us. (laughs) It is indeed a horror movie, which I love horror movies. Jeff does not love horror movies. I love good horror movies, and there are very, very few of them. (laughs) That means you don't love horror movies. You just Uh, love very uh, specific movies. I guess that's fair. I I feel like love means forgiving something, even though it's totally shitty. (laughs) So if you you love horror movies, it's just that you are ignoring the many constant faults that almost every horror movie has. Ah. (laughs) Love means ignoring the warning signs. (laughs) No, love means you enjoy the horror movie for what it is, oh, I guess rather you, than what you want it to be. So I guess instead you, you take all the faults of horror, the constant, never-ending faults of every you see, horror movie. I don't put horror movies on a pedestal, Jeff. <laughs> Neither do I. I put them in a recycling bin. They get picked up every other Tuesday. Wow, you have a lot of horror movies you put out then, apparently. <laughs> I do. At least one every fortnight. Uh, so yeah, this has been getting a ton of good press. Yeah, a lot of really positive press and a lot of, like, from the makers of The Witch, although I think they just mean a producer. Uh, yeah, I think it's, like, maybe the same production company and a producer or something. Yeah, so, Uh, so they basically wanted to ride on the coattails of The Witch because it was a recent fairly successful horror movie which is rare for those to happen to be honest. I, I mean, not I'm not this isn't just me harping about horror movies. I, I well, just no, it's this, it is very rare for a horror movie to end up getting critical acclaim uh even if say audiences love a particular horror movie the uh movie getting like you say critical acclaim is very difficult. I think most they could get some. They just need to put in like Mrs. Incredible in her big butt. Apparently, <laughs> that that it really drags in the critics. Yeah, I think what was that? The New Yorker. Yeah, the New Yorker review of Incredibles too. Yeah, which we- is mostly him describing how difficult it must be for the rubes in the theater to conceal their boners. Yeah, <laughs> where, he, where he was like, "Well, I am as an as an effete movie reviewer journalist will have no trouble concealing my obvious boner for the drive home." <laughs> I one yeah, can't- maybe if they were like, look. We need to get Tony Collette to be real thick in this movie so that the New Yorker will spooge all over it. <laughs> and that part of the beginning of his review where he's like, imagine, if you will, if every movie in Hollywood began with the film, Honey, Trampoline Me. <laughs> uh, imagine if every movie was my fetish. <laughs> my weird, specific fetish. I want a stretchy lady with a big butt. <laughs> Wow, what is that, a cake song? <laughs> and a long arm. <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, I hadn't said enough yeahs and noes yet for it to officially be a cake song. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we, we critical saw Hereditary. Uh, everybody is loving it, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say we'll get to the spoilers after the music, mm-hmm. but... Non-spoiler review, this was very good 
for a large portion of this movie. The first third of this movie is awesome. I would say the first two-thirds for me is very good. I, you know, I could probably agree with that as well. I, I, I'm, there's so a lot of horror mistakes that occur in the second third of the movie where they're just generic things that always happen in horror movies that I hate. But it's fine. It's all well executed. It's pretty. The visuals are nice. The The score is fantastic. And the casting is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The the, the son and daughter in this movie are, are the best kid actors I've seen in a long time. And, I mean, the adults do a great job. Oh, yeah. We got Tony Collette. With them. Yeah, we got Tony Collette in there who... Apparently, I'm supposed to know who that is. Uh, it took me a minute to remember that the only time I've ever seen her is in one of the Vin Diesel movies that we've had to review for the show before. I can't remember which. It's you know, it's a movie. I think it's Triple X. It might be. It's a movie where a whole bunch of people, like big sexy people, have to pretend that he's not a 50 year old potato that's been run through a greasy laminator a bunch of times. Yeah. It's it, instead they think he's hot and dynamic and interesting, even though he's like, oh, oh, oh. even though he looks like his mouth is a blowhole. It's, it's, it was that movie. It was that one. But Tony Collette was in it, and she was like, ooh, look at that sexy hunk of man, I bet she had to say. I bet through, she was forced to say through contractually. Gritted, through gritted teeth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, very good acting, uh, very well-made movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I'm going to say, you, if you're a fan of horror, there's a decent chance that you will very much like this. Yeah, I had to see this separately from John, and I texted him, I think you'll like this. I didn't, and I think you will. I, as I mentioned, liked about two-thirds of it. Mm -hmm. Man, the third act of this movie just can go bite an amazing fart for me. I cannot wait to get to the spoilers, because the spoilers... But Let's be clear here. This is a horror movie with with a first and third act twist, uh, both of which are interestingly revealed... So you do not want to listen to the rest of this if you're super into horror movies and you were planning to go see it, because it's got a lot of spoils to spoil. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of twists and, you know, the spoilers that you are going to get, a lot of times you might think, oh, this won't ruin a movie. But I think not knowing at least, you know, the first act twist is very good to not know. Yeah. So uh, to give you the basic premise that the trailers would give you, there's a little girl who appears to have picked up some some evil uh, th- somehow passed down from her crazy grandmother. Yeah, I and, mean, and so she makes a click sound with her mouth. She goes, <coughs> I can't even do it right now. There it is. That's yeah. the noise. No, we I think the only reason this got voted for is because both Quinn and I were just beside ourselves angry at the trailer for this because we're like. Don't make mouth sounds the trailer. Don't do that. <laughs> well, you should if you're Neil Sissieriga. Yeah, if that's who you are, then make <laughs> mouth sounds as a trailer. <laughs> However, if you are anyone else and you decide is a good thing to just keep doing over and over again, it's not. Yeah, so... But anyway, that's... we will <laughs> we'll get into it. I'm yeah. going to say you'll probably like it, even if you have the same complaints that I do or that Jeff does, mm-hmm. you'll You'll probably at least appreciate it, but I don't I don't think this needs a watch in the theaters. I could definitely give this a watch when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. All right, well. All right, we'll do some uh, music, and then we are going to come back with the full ridiculous spoiler review of Hereditary. And we are back. It's time to get deep, 
balls deep into this movie. So right out of the gate, uh, the whole concept of pe- things being passed down through genes or, you know, what hereditary means has nothing to do with this. No. Fucking that is right out of the, the gate. Let you know hereditary as a term is a red herring for this film. Mm-hmm. It is just straight up misdirection. Yeah, it's just some misdirection. This is not a movie about evil genes. No. I mean, it, nor is it <laughs> a movie about, like, evil genes that are, I don't know, passed through a sisterhood of traveling yeah, I was pants. Say, the sisterhood of the venomous pants. This, this is not. <laughs> this is not that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, so basically the movie opens on a, a silent, flat shot of an obituary, white text on black. Some old lady died. She is survived by the family we're about to see. Yeah, uh, she is not survived by her other by her son who died a long time ago, or by her husband who also died a long time ago. And there you go. Yeah, the man, the fact that they didn't have any narration is nice. Mm-hmm. Not having that like read out to you is good because mm-hmm. it just makes you sort of sit there and sit in it. That happens a few times in this where you see a note or a letter somewhere and it just lingers on it so you can read it just enough so you can kind of read it yeah i'm a pretty fast reader so i actually managed to read a whole lot of one of the books that got opened up and it was fun to read <laughs> read a whole lot of it i did because it opened to a page and there was a big stupid picture and then the, there are a couple highlighted things that you were supposed to read so you would know what's going on but i was like all right done with that all right let's see what else we got on this page oh neat goisha that's fun to read about well, tell me about that <laughs> uh well that was a, a sitcom on upn i think <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> All right. So, okay. The movie opens with a very sleepy boy, and I can't remember his name. The sleepiest of boys. Uh, Alex or Michael or something? Yeah, it was It was, uh, It was. was uh, Michael Scott. It was, it was Alex Michaels. It was George Michaels. Sean Michaels. <laughs> yes, it was Sean Michaels. He was doing some sweet chid music. <laughs> the, uh, the little kid is Peter. Peter, okay. So just like I was saying, it's Michael is very close to Peter. Is, I just think. like I said, mm-hmm. Alex, Michael, Peter, they're all the same. Alex, Michael, Peter, Sean <laughs> is is asleep, and his dad comes into the room to. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot about the slow zoom on the on the dollhouse, which is a great thing. So it's a cool shot. One of the main things in this is that the mom that we are going to have in this movie, her whole thing is making like miniature displays of things, like super intricate. Very detailed miniature art. Yeah. I'm not all that impressed by it, if I'm honest. It looks like she's buying all the parts and just painting them with some cheap-ass testers gloss model paint. It's, uh... It, it looks. It, it Put looks a like, wash on there. I know. It, 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 a lot of the stuff she's doing looks like she bought all the parts and just assembled them like dollhouse furniture. It really. It doesn't look like she's a huge artist. It just looks like she had to do a fifth grade project about a mission. <laughs> so, anyway... Yeah, we're zooming in on her on her intricate dollhouse, and it zooms into the boys' room, and then it is the boys' room. Yeah, and it was a very good shot. And well when, technically executed, yeah. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, oh, good. This is going to be uh, an interesting movie from an artistic perspective, because I was like, oh, you're going to do neat things with like camera work and miniatures and things. Unfortunately, all it really means is that the mom has a job that requires her to stay in her creepy-ass house all the time. Well, it means so, you get a bunch of like little creepy-ass minis. And- yeah, it's... Mostly it's like any other job in a horror movie. It exists to keep the characters in one area. And I really just wanted Beetlejuice to show up in one of those dioramas (laughs) and be like, eh. Or a couple of demonic toys. Would that have killed them? Come on. (laughs) Just one little puppet? What's the, uh, who does the demonic toys have to fight? It's, it's, uh. The puppet master. Doll man. 
Dollman is because Dollman was the superhero from that that same uh, production company. He was a six inch tall man, and at one point he had to fight the demonic toys. Yeah, but it was Puppet Master versus Evil Toys was an actual movie. Yeah, it was, and so was Dollman versus Demonic Toys. They're both. I, I don't know if they're both Full Moon features, but that's oh, what, they definitely are. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> don't you fret about that. <laughs> All right, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> Tall Man is a six-inch tall man from a planet of all six-inch tall people, and they have, like, laundromats and stuff. I mean, it's one of those movies where he's an alien in the lamest sense of the term. Good. Yeah. Uh, on my planet, it is also 1983. Okay. Good. <laughs> anyway, the boy is is being roused by his dad and the family dog. <laughs> ah, the family dog. I'm adding a B to family. <laughs> That's my new thing, and I'm doing it. We see the other kid, Charlie, the little girl, is sleeping out in a treehouse. Yes, as she often does, to the consternation of her father, who is often cold. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's so cold out here. You could get pneumonia. And then her response is the weird, that's okay, which is apparently a regular thing that she says. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, I don't want you sleeping out here. You're going to catch your death of cold. And she goes, that's okay. And he's like, no, it isn't. What? No. <laughs> so... So uh, at that, so we see the two kids. They're a little creepy. We see the dad. He is Gabriel Byrne, slowly coughing his way into Michael Douglas. <laughs> Just this slow metamorphosis mm-hmm. from Gabriel He's, Byrne into Michael Douglas. He started his Michael Douglas phase, and it has hit him real hard. He's he's in that pupa stage where when he emerges, he will be Michael Douglas. <laughs> he will he will unfold his mighty Michael Douglas wings and <laughs> flap them. <laughs> so majestic so beautiful (laughs) so and and the mom again is tony collette she's working busily away at painting some miniatures but she also has to take the kids to school or something to the funeral to the funeral thank you yes it's the funeral everyone's getting dressed for the funeral yeah because the grandmother has died and this is the family with the dead mom and goddamn the eulogy from the mom for the grandmother is like cold fucking uh seems there's a lot of people here I don't know. That's weird. I, my mom didn't have any friends I was aware of. My mom was secretive and kind of a bitch. Yeah, her, she basically, <laughs> basically it runs down to my mom was super private, so it almost feels like I'm betraying her by even talking about her in front of other people. Yeah. Uh, all of her friends were private. I've never met any of them. And all of the things she did were private, and we rarely we rarely spoke. <laughs> she, but she was always right, and if she wasn't, then that was your opinion and you were wrong. Yes. Uh, and it, while she was always fighting with us, she also loved more deeply than anyone I had ever known. And that was the one part of the eulogy where you could kind of tell that it was bullshit. Yeah. Where she's, she's like, like, oh, God, I got to throw that yeah, on there. I guess she's loved deeper and she's uh, loved sweeter. I forget how that song goes. John <laughs> ah. knows it. That's one of John's karaoke go-to jams. Yeah, one of them jams I got. Yeah, John's got some some go-to karaoke jams. I got some good jams. I got some uh, apple peach. I got some raspberry. <laughs> it, the important thing to take away is that their grandmother once did 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right she did. So. Wink. hey Anyway, it's creepy at the funeral. There's a lot of people there who are weirdly smiley. One of them is especially smiley right at Charlie, the little girl. Yeah, Charlie... Great casting. Let's just say that. She's off-putting looking. She's she's unpleasant to be around. Oh, yeah. She's got a lot of very, you know, weird mannerisms about her. Pigeon-toed, hair in her eyes, constantly eating food by just keeping it in her mouth. Like, just puts the chocolate bar in her mouth and just sort of leaves it there. Oh, yeah. Well, that was one of the things in that is she was constantly eating sweets. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that never paid off in this. Yeah. Like, no, it did. It did. No. 
it pays off in the fact that fuck it spoiler alert she goddamn dies yeah but as far as later on when you have like the whole haunting nonsense going on there was no point where like candy was a thing well she's barely in it at all uh, once once she cacks it she it, you get this impression that she's like supposed to be the haunting spirit that's bothering the family from that point forward and there's one shot of her floating around as a ghost sort of but not really and she doesn't it does she doesn't do anything that's like her in that scene well also honestly in this movie it's hard to really tell what the fuck is supposed to be haunting or doing there's things. no rules it's one of those movies where the the it's an unreliable narrator insanity movie so there's just no rules in any time anything's haunting it's someone's going to wake up or scream and, and or, or it'll cut to a school and they won't bother talking about whatever the fuck just happened <laughs> it's just one of those so she's eating some chocolate at the funeral funeral and her father comes up behind her and he's like that doesn't have nuts in it does it because we need to set up that she is deathly allergic to nuts yeah and then you know the mom shows up and is like hey that doesn't have nuts oh no i made sure so there might be something wrong with charlie because she's 13 and apparently is too dumb to know that she's deathly allergic to nuts <laughs> she's like no this doesn't have nuts it's just a hershey bar look at it look at it. it's very obviously a hershey bar like the most recognizable candy ever made yeah See, it's a hershey bar well is that a hershey bar with almonds yeah that would have a different color wrapping it would be gold it'd have the gold filling filling in the wrapper this very clearly is silver traditional generic hershey bar dad but anyway <laughs> are, are you sure you didn't take an almond hershey and put it into a hershey wrapper? I mean, given given the fact that at the end of the movie she's straight or when she's about to die not the end of the movie she's just like oh cake with nuts in it of course i want cake with nuts in it i'm a dumb fucking idiot <laughs> so maybe she does maybe she literally is doesn't know or there could actually be something wrong with her oh honestly she for a lot of it reads like fairly autistic as far as like she can only express herself really with like pictures mm -hmm. uh she does a lot of drawings and she, she has the bog standard generic horror movie creepy ass kid room oh yeah definitely it's it's a bunch the, of models she built out of garbage yeah the problem is the what they do with charlie is a split between we wanted to show a kid who's got you know some sort of either autism or a learning disability or something like that, and they play it very straight for a lot of that, mm -hmm. but then they also decided, well, we can't have a movie about a little kid without making her a standard movie horror little, little kid. kid. Let's fill her room with eyeless dolls and fucking trash goblins. Oh, yeah, Just she's got to be constantly making, like, toys out of knives and shit, and you're like, all right, well, uh, sure. Okay, great. Just call up The Conjuring 2 and borrow some of the nonsense they put in every room in their fucking house. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they get back and uh, the mom is... She's not, not grumpy about it. Yeah, she's, she's just like, uh, eh. Yeah, she, well, uh, apparently we learn throughout the course of the movie that the mom has been... The grandmother had been living with them and was more or less estranged and very uh, riddled with, with memory loss. So she was basically just sort of catatonic in a room. Yeah, I mean... Eventually, the mom goes to a grief counseling for uh, lost loved ones, and she's like, oh, you know, my uh, my mom had dissociative identity disorder, which was the first flag on this movie where I was like, please don't make this just be, like, all in one of the characters' heads oh where God. they are every person yeah. that you see. There was a moment around the beginning of this movie where I was terrified that this was just going to be Tony Collette as crazy, the movie. Yeah, I was, was, like, was going to oh. go to the end and... Tony Collette is the daughter and the son and the husband. And we just zoom out and she's in an insane asylum already. Yeah, I was like, please, anytime a horror movie mentions DID, I'm always like, don't. Don't you fucking do it. 
They don't. That's to their credit. They don't do that. Yep. Although there's still a lot of unreliable narration stuff on the on the part of Tony Collette. Well, yeah, because um, we also learned that her mom had all of these problems. Her brother was schizophrenic. Yeah, her do- her dad starved himself to death. Yeah, because he had uh, what they I think she called it delusional paranoia or something. No, it was depression. He had he had suicidal depression, and and so he starved, starved himself, himself to death. Himself to death. So yeah. she's like, yes, literally everyone in my family was in some way disturbed, and she's like, but not me. And so of course that's going to bring up the whole. Okay, yeah, but you are. But yes, you. Yeah. But that, yes, also you. Yeah, that was a problem. But anyway, they go around the house, and it turns out that most of the people in the house don't care that this old lady died. The son is just kind of like, eh, whatever. Right. I want to play. I want to play guitar in my bed and also smoke weed, which is the only thing I care about. <laughs> um, and the daughter, she. This is the thing that made me think that she has some kind of learning disability because when the mom came to visit her and was like, Tony Collette comes to visit the daughter Charlie, and she's like, "Are you okay, hun? Are you going to be okay about grandma dying?" And she's like, "Who will take care of me now?" And they're like, well, we will. Well, when you die, who will take care of me then? And the answer isn't, you'll grow up someday, sweetie. You know, oh, well, someday, hon, you'll become a big adult who can make your own decisions and live in the world. It's just, I don't know, your brother maybe, your dad, something. Yeah. You'll figure figure it out. That that is also the point where I was like, okay, it's definitely not just that she's quirky. Mm -hmm. It's that she does actually need a caretaker. Yes, she actually needs a caregiver of some kind. Uh, so, so that, that all happens. We, we follow the kids to school where it turns out that the son is a big old stoner who has regular text message conversations with his friends about his dick. And (laughs) it's true. I mean, no, it, he gets invited to a party and the message says, bring your dick. Yeah. But the other text message party or conversation he had with the, the other guy was like, like, uh, hey, man, uh, you, you want to get stoned after school? Something about your dick. I mean, it was just all the text messages I saw that he received included the phrase, your dick. Maybe it's just a, an enjoy between the two of them. Like, yeah. like, regularly. Maybe one time he did show up to a party and he'd forgotten to bring his dick. And so, <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Where is it? Uh, oh, guys. Jesus. Guys, everyone, can we turn the music down for a second? No one move your feet. Look, I starts crawling on the ground. Where are you? Come on. Come on. Get back on there. Uh, damn it. <laughs> so... Oh, it- here it is. It rolled under the couch. Let me just dust that off. He also has a crush on a completely inconsequential girl character. Yeah, his crush, you get it in the uh, the classroom scene that we first see him. There's two classroom scenes and then a party. And then when we go to the party, he's like, oh, I'm going to try and smoke this chick out. And you'd think that something might happen, but nothing happens. It doesn't matter. No, it's, it's not really a part of the movie. Uh, okay, so at the school... We learn that he is cre- that, that that's what's happening with him. We then cut to the daughter who or to Charlie who is drawing creepy pictures in her journal and and not taking her test. Oh no, sorry, she isn't drawing. She's building a little model. She's sitting there fiddling with a with like a a flashlight battery and some and some wires and junk and she's making herself a little headless statue man. Yeah, and the <laughs> the teacher comes up and the is like, like, "Hey, you uh you want to put that away and do the test?" <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." And they flip it over and it's like a one question test. She hasn't even done that yet. But while she's getting ready to start doing the test again, the first the jump scare of the first jump scare of the movie. And honestly, one of the only jump scares in the movie mm-hmm. is a bird hits the window. A pigeon flies into the window and bonks and dies. Kadonk. Kadonk. And then the the daughter starts looking curiously at a pair of scissors on the teacher's desk. Oh yeah. And you're like, "Ooh, ooh, is this the first sign that the kid is evil and she's going to like Try and stab someone with scissors? Yeah, she's going to stabulate someone. She's oh. going to give him a nice cold stab. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, well, that's very friendly of her. I'd like a nice cold stab. <laughs> Can you spell that? <laughs> Stab. <laughs> All right, so... I, I guess we can just jump ahead to the point where she's outside after that. Yeah, she goes outside and uses the scissors to cut the bird's head off. Yeah, she cuts the head off the dead pigeon and sticks it in her jacket pocket. Uh, and then there is, weirdly, a random lady across the street yelling and waving at her. I'm like, hi! Hi! Hello! Wave! Smile! You're like, okay. All right, and she's too kind of off-putting and weird to really pay attention to the lady, so she just sort of... Mostly she just sizes up the lady to see if the lady has noticed that she has a bird head in her pocket. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much where that ends. Uh, at this point, we go back to the house and we we get our first couple of haunting images. Uh, the daughter is lured outside by some light. Yeah, and she goes into the, uh, like... They live in a fucking cabin in um like woods in the middle of a mountain somewhere. This there where they live makes no sense. It's pretty obviously like the they live in the hills of Southern California, and they and everything else that they ever have to go to is in the foothills. So whenever they're at their house, they're completely isolated. It's the only house you can see in any direction, completely surrounded by beautiful huge trees. Very dark at night. Very the you know big old cloud cover or big old uh, star cover. When they go to like the art supply store. Endless rolling desert. When they go for drives, endless flat plains. Oh, yeah. It almost makes me feel like they were going for the feel of, say, a Pacific Northwest with that just tons of trees, very isolated. Mm. It seems very, like, dark and rainy Mm -hmm. on the house. But then they were like, okay, we scouted that location. What about the rest of the film? Ah, we'll just do it here in California. That is very much what it looks like. Uh, So they're at the house. The daughter decides uh, to f- follow a light that she's seeing. Excuse me, hiccups. Yeah, she goes out into the forest and finds what looks like the back of her grandma sitting surrounded by fire in the middle of the woods. And it's weird wood. She's surrounded by skunk cabbage. <laughs> like, actually, skunk cabbage, which is like, how did you, where are these people? Why do you have so much skunk weed? <laughs> so Get str- the chronic. <laughs> skunk cabbage is not weed. <laughs> I know. It's gross food. Uh, but anyway, you know, at this point, the son is trying to figure out if he can go to the go to a party. Yeah. So he has heard that there's a party that he should bring his dick to, uh, and and so he he has gone <laughs> he off is concerned about whether or not his dick can go to this party. So he goes off to ask his mom if he can go to the party, and you can tell that there's something really tense between the two of them. Uh, but he's just like, I want to go to a party, and she's like, Well, what, well, are you going to drink there? Where are you going? And he has, I I, I got to say, I'm really disappointed in this kid because his lie is fucking trash. Ah, never, never lie to your parents with a verifiable situation. If you're, you're, you're like, oh, it's a school event. You know what's on calendars? The fucking school events. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, it's uh, some school barbecue thing. And you're yeah. like, no, dude, don't say that. Don't say that. Go Say you're going to a movie because that, that lasts a set amount of time. Say you're going over to your buddy's house, the one that texted yeah. you about your dick. Yeah. Or just a lesser party. That's the right lie to give. Is, oh, oh yeah. I'm going to a party. It's a bunch of dudes. We're going to play D&D. Oh, yeah. If you if he was like, oh, I'm going to go over to my friend Tony's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a few guys coming over. We're just going to hang out and have a party there. We're going to grill up and eat our dicks, and then every, and then one guy's going to eat us. Yeah. that's Man, that sounds like exactly what would happen in this movie. <laughs> so, But anyway, her response is basically, take your sister, which is weird. Oh, 100%. The fucking weirdest thing of like, oh, well, you're going to some, uh, like party event thing where you want to hang out with people take your weird sister and he's like uh i don't even think she'd want to go to that why 
He's like, because she needs to get out of the house. Yeah. So then we have to find the sister. But she's out in the woods looking at her ghost grandma sitting in a ring of fire. And that's when the mom... Uh, that's when the mom finds her. The mom, of course, does not see ghost grandma sitting in the fire ring. No. Uh, and is very upset with Charlie and takes her inside. Mm-hmm. But then is like, hey, you're going to go to this party. Doesn't even give her the option. That's okay. No, you're going. No, you're I, t- don't, I don't want to go. Well, you're going. You're definitely going because you have to learn about kids your own age. So go to this party. There's going to be it's, kids and you should go there. It's such a weird decision because you can tell that the mom knows full well that Peter is lying. Like, he, she's just like... You're going to a fucking drinking party and shit, aren't you? I, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm going to saddle you with your little sister as a way to make you confess that this isn't yeah, just and, and, some school barbecue, yeah. and he calls the bluff. He calls the bluff, and she isn't willing to follow up on that. So off they go to a party. And so he walks into a party full of partying high school students with a shuffling, you know, disheveled witch of a little girl uh, who is just like, I don't want to be here. I hate this. I hate everything, and I'm just going to like I'm, I'm shuffle sh- with my head down behind you. Yeah, I'm going to stay within two or three feet of you. This is a horrible situation. Yeah. And fucking, he sees his crush there. He also watches two women make a chocolate cake, which is the hel- most hilarious shot you've ever seen. There's these two random high school students behind a big bar in a kitchen making a chocolate cake that are chopping a kingly level of walnuts. Oh, just an entire chopping board's worth of walnuts. Hundreds of walnuts. They spent $50. They went to the grocery store for this party and were like, all right, box of cake mix, that's $7. Great. Also, I need $56 worth of walnuts, please. (laughs) I'm going to make a cake that is... By volume, probably about 60% walnut. That's my, my my big plan here is to serve up a walnut flour-based cake. It's going to be extremely dry. You will cough when you eat it. <laughs> Look, this cake is mostly held together by walnut. Yeah. It's, it's like the payday of cake where the outside was all walnut. Except instead of, cl- of uh, caramel in the middle as a glue, it's got foreshadowing. <laughs> Indeed. So we see the... The chopping of the walnuts go on. I don't know that he does. He definitely does. He that's the first. You have to establish that this kid's a dickhead. So he sees the walnuts, notes it, and then forgets about it because he's oh, busy trying think he to does. score. I think the camera notes oh, it. I don't think fair he enough. notes it. That's fine. But anyway, he basically he walks up to the girl with a terrible line, and she points he's, out he's his just terrible like, line. Hey man, uh, how's this party? How's the party? How's this party? How's, how's the party, man? Do you want some weed? I have good weed. I've got good weed, and she's like. Yeah, all right, you well, big she's, dumb idiot. She sizes him up immediately as a good mark to, to steal weed from, effectively. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, yeah, come on upstairs with me. We'll find a quiet room and smoke there, the weed. There, there's a bong up there. Yeah, and then they go up there, and there was a bong and also all of her friends. <laughs> Great, now give me your weed and get out. Yeah, she's just been waiting for a dude to show up and try and smoke her out alone in a room. Uh, and power to her, let's be clear. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. This, <laughs> this kid is a huge goober, and the second he was like, I've got... This bag of weed, she's like, great, thank you. Thank you. You know who's going to enjoy that weed? The dudes I actually want to uh, hook up with <laughs> at, at a later date, because they're interesting, and not and they're not slack-jawed. Uh, the... we gotta, we got to look at this kid's wet eyes for a lot of this movie. <laughs> hey, I fucking love it. He I know, he's great. A, he's well cast. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, he's a problem. He's perfect for the role in the movie, which is as a wet-eyed loser. <laughs> Uh, and of course his sister's like, no, you can't leave. And he's like, no, but I gotta go get high with this girl I like. Just, uh, you know, stay here in this party, baby, draw something. I'm like, you are 
an awful brother. <laughs> yeah, he is a terrible brother. But, you know, the movie more or less wants us to think that about him at this point. And finally, he resorts to telling her to go get cake. Yeah, he's like, look, there's chocolate cake over there. And she even fights that. She's like, no, I don't know anybody here. They're not going to give me any cake. And he's like, yeah, they will. Just stand there until cake is in your hands. <laughs> Just, it's a party. Everyone gets cake. Which seems weird, because there's like 50 kids here, and maybe a regular-sized cake. And how many of them are even wanting cake? All of them are there to smoke out, drink, and, and score. Oh, yeah, the fact that this is shown to be one of those standard movie high school parties, mm -hmm. where it's just people kind of dancing, mostly drinking, and smoking and hanging out and like and there's like out. there's like eighty of them there and it's clear that someone's parents made the mistake of leaving the house alone for a single night. Oh yeah, and then someone decided to make a cake. Yeah, not just a cake, but a, but a rich in walnuts cake. And not only walnuts that, are brain food. But I'm like, why did you make a cake, one cake for eighty people? And I could maybe understand if you're like, oh, this is a birthday party that got out of hand, and this is their birthday cake. But no, it was just a cake. They were just making cake today. I like to assume that the people cooking the cake were also stoned. <laughs> they were like, dude, you know it would be fucking good? Oh my god, I wonder if there's cake stuff in the pantry. Oh yeah, it was the parents actually owned $50 worth of walnuts. <laughs> it's a walnut farm. That's what we've learned here. <laughs> what we've learned is this house is a walnut farm mm -hmm. that loves cake mix. Uh-huh, they've got two huge boxes of cake mix and just one of those Henry's Barrels of Walmart, uh, or, or of walnuts. Walmart? <laughs> of Henry's Barrels of Walmart. Welcome Come on Henry's down. Henry's Barrel of Walmart. Get your own Walmart straight from the barrel. <laughs> Every morning before sunup, you'll see old Henry out there <laughs> picking the Walmarts and waxing them clean. He gets them all shoved up, and then they're waxed clean. <laughs> I'm sorry. A big barrel of walnuts was also available. Yes. Uh, so the son's up in the, the room trying to, Peter is up in the room with, with the girl, still trying to impress a bunch of people who are clearly very disdainful of him. He's just their weed source now. Yeah, they're like, oh, look, a weed man. Oh, a rube has entered. Congratulations. You you are allowed to sit here because you have brought weed. Yeah. Thank you for your offering. And then the daughter comes in and she's like, I can't breathe. And he's like, oh, shit. Why? No, because he can't just go, oh, shit. This is the slowest fucker on the planet. He's like, what? I can't. I well, can't. I mean, he's high. He's high. I can't breathe. I feel like my throat's closing in. My I think throat it might have... feels like it's getting bigger. What? Why don't you drink some water? <laughs> and then finally, it gets through his dumb fucking head that he fed. He told the girl to eat peanut cake with walnuts in it. Yeah, peanut and, cake with walnuts. Yeah, and and so he takes her to the car. Luckily, he is the only person who drove to this party because oh, he is parked right out front and with, with no with cars around, no cars on either side of him classic hollywood move yep he, he he got the only parking space in town lucky him oh everyone else just walked there yeah every single other kid walked there but you you can tell they had to walk a long way because the next shot is him driving through an endless desert there is nothing behind him there is nothing in front of him oh yeah he straight has to come off of a dirt road to the actual road mm -hmm. when he is leaving this party yeah and so whoever this house is, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere, or it's on the edge of town. But then he starts, if he's on the edge of town, it's the edge of town with no hospital in it, because he has to go on a 90-mile drive to the nearest hospital. There, And I mean, when we say there is nothing in front or behind him, there is no lights, mm -hmm. there's nothing, it is just empty road and darkness in all directions. Like, unless there is a giant like fucking mountain range in between where he currently is and where a city is he is so far away from civilization yeah he has shot. definitely gone the wrong way or the whole family lives in the only mountain 
in a huge desert, like in Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where the fuck this is supposed to take place. Where it's supposed to take place is atmospheric town. Yeah, they live in Oklahoma Mountain, the only mountain in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, they are just surrounded by atmosphere shots. That's what's here. <laughs> yeah, it's just nothing but the uh, but the sound of an orchestra playing hard, tense music through the trees. That kind of music that just <laughs> you builds. You look into the trees and there's an orchestra there going... Scene and then, cut. And then we go to a different scene. That's because that's the only kind of music this movie has in it. Yeah, well, you know, someone watched The Witch and was like, yeah, that's good. I, John, this movie is The Witch. <laughs> I, I disagree with you, but not very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just try this on the audience. Folks, what if there was a movie where the older sibling... Just the older, the older sibling was well-meaning and tried hard to take, or, or didn't really try hard, but was at least well-meaning regarding his his either crazy or removed from the movie early siblings. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, evil powers have visited him and told him he's the son of Satan, or that he could join Satan if he wanted to. Also, the only creepy thing in the movie is naked people hanging out in the woods. Also, the mom goes fucking crazy, and the well-meaning dad can't do anything to stop her. Also, there's an animal attack. I mean, it's the witch. This movie is the witch. It's not. There's, there are similarities, a lot of uh, very thematic and atmospheric similarities, especially. The ending is identical. It's identical to two movies, actually. Well, yes. It's identical. We'll talk about that when we get there. Let's, let's actually jump back instead of going into my, this movie is the witch speech. Um, I mean, he gets her in the car and she's freaking out. She can't breathe. He's going like 85 because they are apparently 100 miles from anything. And she rolls the window down to try and get some air. At the same time, there's a dead animal in the road. Which there's no way that's not an accident, given the, the rest of the, this movie and what actually happens in it. Oh, by the way, throughout the course of this, she's been creepy and making that noise with her mouth. Yeah, she's been yeah. a lot. She's been making little clicks, just so you know, that in case you were worried that that part of this movie didn't happen. Yeah, it does. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, you get a lot of mouth sound. It's fine. Yeah. So they're driving down this highway, and all of a sudden, a dead deer in the road, and she's sticking her head out the window, and he's screaming at her not to, but then he sees the deer, and he swerves not to hit it, and a uh, fucking telephone pole takes her head clean off. Clean off. Yep. And so Charlie's dead, and that's Charlie. That's that's a wrap on the character you <laughs> thought was the main character in the film. Yeah. The character that you thought was going to be like, oh, you're going to be possessed by the evil grandma, shit's going to happen, dies fairly quickly into this film. I mean, let's be clear here. This is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. This is the big one-act twist. This is the reason we warned you to go see the movie instead. But when her head gets knocked off, you don't actually get to see it. You hear the noise of it. You see that shot of her face as something that's approaching her. and the fucking job by the kid who's playing the brother Mm -hmm. is amazing in this scene botless this is the best if the movie ended here this would be the best movie ever so he pulls over with his hands just firmly glued to the wheel he can't bring himself to turn around oh yeah so you for see good- his eyes start to move towards the rear view mirror and when he can see even just a glimpse of the body he just snaps his eyes back forward mm-hmm. His eyes start to fill up with tears, which then don't even drain away. They just recede back into his big, wet eyes. For a good 90 seconds, you just watch this kid trying to figure out what the hell he's going to do that he took his sister's head off. Yeah. And and, and it's an awesome, very tense scene. And here is what he does. He drives home, parks the car, and goes to bed. Yeah. It's It was one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, he just straight had a traumatic break. And he's like, I cannot deal with this. My brain has shut down. 
a good night, sir. Yeah. So he goes home and quietly goes to bed. He doesn't sleep. He just lies there until the next morning, which we know because we see him lying there all bloodshot and tired. And then we hear the mom going out to go to work and screaming her her, her head off. Oh, yeah. Well, her head off. <laughs> screaming her daughter's head clean <laughs> off. And then, you know, we hear, the, we hear the mom screaming like crazy. And then we actually cut to a shot of Charlie's head lying in the dirt. Yeah. Which is a, an amazingly nasty and gory shot. It's great effects. She's got her tongue lolling out the bottom. She's got covered her top, in ants. Covered in black ants. Top row of teeth. There. It's horrific. Oh yeah. And you know, again, to their credit, no violin sting. No, like trying to jump scare with this image. It just sort of goes to it, and they're like, "Hey, look at this. This is what a thirteen-year-old girl's head looks like if it's covered in huge black ants. You know, if it had been ripped off in the middle of the night, landed in dirt." And uh, was covered in ants. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrifying scene. And we don't really, for a long time, we don't really get a resolution on what happens to the son as a result of this. He just kind of continues along with his life. It's just ruled an accident. And he doesn't need any count. He just goes back to school, it looks like. Oh, that was so weird to me because we have the movie really hard switch to focused on the mother. Mm -hmm. And he's in the background of all of these shots like when they're lowering her into the dirt at the funeral for her when they do the when they do the funeral uh, like event itself he's hiding behind uh, plain, uh, panes of glass oh yeah and that was a gorgeous shot too yeah. like this distorted view of his face through that uh, you know that glass that's sort of like yellow and textured? Mm -hmm. So you can see this weird distorted view of him just watching what's going on. Yeah, and there's a whole thing about how he never really talks with anyone about it. It just sort of happens, and then they move on. Yeah. But, and... the, but the wife cannot move on. The mom freaks out harder than she's ever freaked out about anything. She is, she is completely inconsolable, uh, uh, shrieking, uh, freaking out. She can't sleep in her own bed. She, start, she takes to sleeping in the treehouse that her daughter liked. Yeah. Which is terrifying, and so she has to set up like a heaters out there. Well, especially because the heaters that are out there have this red light that's just glowing out of this treehouse, which, more great imagery. Yeah, super good imagery. Uh, so, basically, this is, this is the huge break in the movie, where all of a sudden it's a completely different movie. Yeah, we start to transition into Act 2, where you're like, okay, so it's not about the little girl and the grandma. What is this about? And that's when they throw you the, oh, it's actually about Charlie haunting the house mm -hmm. and you start getting things where like oh the uh the son hears the, the noise yeah and he sees a vision of of charlie hovering in the corner of the of his room and when he says her name her head falls off and turns into a basketball uh and, and basically he starts being haunted by charlie wherever he's, he drives around and hears the click sound uh he sees light flashes at his school that are that are uh reminiscent of, of things that she would do uh, and same thing with the mom she starts Hearing that click, mm -hmm. she uh, can feel this presence around there. So the two of them are both having this very intense, I feel like, you know, we're being haunted. And, of course, the father has none of this, which is why you get that, oh, this might just be unreliable narrator because of the hereditary thing. It could be these two just having the trauma of this death making them go over the edge yeah yeah there's a point where you think oh okay so this is going to be about the the hereditary nature of insanity tracking these two people through in, down the family line um when the when the mom when tony collette tries to go back to grief count counseling because she went to one grief counseling session when her mom died she she drives back there but can't bring herself to go in and tries to drive away she is flagged down by our other major character from the movie and dowd shows up as as Joni, joan uh joan who 
basically stops her from driving away and is like, oh, I, I, you want to come with me? Come in with me? My son died, and, and I know how hard this can be. Look, I saw you last time you were here a couple months ago. If, how are you doing with your mom's death? And she's like, oh, no, my, my daughter died in, a, in an accident. Oh, goodness. Both, my, my son and grandson died, and I know how, how that is. And They both drowned. Yeah. We hear. Uh, he was seven years old, my grandson. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's terrible. So she gives... Uh, Anne, her number, and is like, here, if you need to talk to anyone, if you need any, like, grief help or anything, if you're not going to go to the meetings, then at least lean on me. Yeah, and she does. There's one scene where she goes to the house just for a regular chat, and we hear her, they ask her, how are you dealing with it, with a death? And she's like, I can't bring myself to deal with it in any way. How do you, how are you doing with your son? Which is a really good question to ask. Oh, yeah. And, and, and her reaction is insane. She's like... Well, things have never been good with my son because, and again, let me stress, this is not my fault. She says, one time I sleepwalk. She keeps, she keeps. I un- haven't been sleepwalking in years, but I did sleepwalk. So she unfolds this whole thing in layers. One time while sleepwalking, she poured paint thinner all over her her sleeping She's like, son. Oh, I, I woke up and there was paint thinner all over uh, my son and daughter back when they shared a room, mm-hmm. and there was paint thinner all over me. Now I had a box of matches, and you're like, uh. Oh, and then I lit one of the matches. And it just keeps going on. She just keeps getting worse and worse. But and she keeps like, going. Oh, like, I woke up because of the match lighting, mm-hmm. and then I put it. I put it out right away. I put it out right away. But but he's just been holding that over me ever since. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no shit. If I woke up covered in paint thinner and my mom had a lit match, I'd be like, well, <laughs> we're gonna hold this over you. You're gonna sleep with a seatbelt. I'm gonna go ahead and lock my door at night mm-hmm. from the inside. Oh, quit being such a baby! Yeah, I only tried to burn you to death once. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that there's that disconnect mm-hmm. between the two of them, you're like, okay, that under- that really makes it clear why there was when he went to like ask to go to the party that uh, odd dynamic between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they haven't they haven't been, and it's it's at the point where. His distrust of her has caused her to dislike him. Yeah. Like, she actually hates her son. She doesn't really like having him around, and, and she feels like it's unfair that he's constantly lording it over her with this whole, I, I tried to kill him once. And, and it's funny because he never mentions it, ever, no. in the whole movie. It's very much seems like all of this is in her head for, oh, you you keep blaming me for things, and... You're so smug about whatever. I'm like, we never get that in the film at all. No, there is one scene where we where he he kind of reacts to her in a way that I, anyway, um, things keep getting worse throughout the house. Uh, everyone's seeing horrible visions. Uh, there, there's there's various things that haunt both the the mother and the son for quite a long time, and we eventually come to a point where there or, or she even does another sleepwalking incident. Yeah. Uh, thing is, I feel like that one. I have no idea where we are in the, in the course of the film at this point. There's just this is the point where the movie devolves into creepy shit happens. Oh yeah, it's it's just this is creepy nonsense is going on in the house for it's, both of these characters. And there's, it's kind of like they're establishing the rules. It's like they're saying, "Here's some things that you learn." For example, there's a point and this happens a little later in the film. She finds one of Charlie's books in Charlie's room, but it's open and it's writing itself. Oh, it, that's after the yeah, seance. Yeah, after stuff. the seance. So we should skip that. But before that though, there's a point where Actually, I don't even know if that's before or after, but I feel like it was before. There's a point where she like wakes up and sees ants. Yeah, she sees ants, so she follows them. And There's it- a trail of ants going to her son's room, and he is covered in all of these ants. And, and they're she- coming out of his mouth and stuff. Yeah. yeah, she freaks out, and then the ants go away, and the son's like, Mom, you're sleepwalking again. 
why are you in my room? Why do you always sleepwalk to my room? And, and she's, she's like, like, what? I would never hurt you. Gah. I didn't want to have you. That's right. That's where they have that horrible conversation. Yeah, it was like, I, I didn't want to have you. I felt pressured to have you. I wanted to have a miscarriage, so I did everything they told me not to do. Yeah, and I still had you, and now I actually like you and I want you around. It's like, oh, I love you, and I'm glad that you didn't die, but you can tell it was like, oh, this is... The reason that she had this kid is because of her mom. Well, and a lot of it is that the words are coming out of her whether she wants them to or not. Oh, yeah. She keeps, like, covering her mouth, and every time she moves her hand, she says these horrible things. Yeah, and the son's just freaking out. He's like, why are you telling me this? And he's, you know, pretty justifiably so. Yeah, but then she wakes up, and that was all a dream, too, and you're like, quit doing layers of dumb dreams. Yeah, shit. too many dreams. And also, there's the, the, the one, I think my favorite part in this whole sequence is the dinner. Oh, yeah. There's Where, a... The dinner scene where... The mom's starting to lose her mind, so she's upstairs just painting, and she is painting the stupidest thing ever. She is making a model of the son killing the daughter. Oh, yeah. She's got a model scene of the car next to the light pole and her daughter's head on the ground. And, you know, Gabriel Byrne comes in and he's like, what the hell? Are you seriously making that? What's going like, to happen when your son sees that? Oh, yeah. She's like, do not fucking show your kid that. And that she's will like, fuck him up. She's like, what? It's a neutral view of the accident. That shouldn't have any effect on him. I'm like, all right, well, you've lost it. Yeah, she's lost her goddamn mind. Uh, but he's like, anyway, come down to dinner. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll make, I'm, I'm making dinner. And, and he's like, it's 8 PM. I made dinner. Come down or don't. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah. And he walks off and then she shows up at dinner and we have the most tense scene in the movie. And it's my favorite part of the movie, to be honest, has nothing to do with hauntings or whatever. It's just Tony Collette, uh, kind of laughs when her son is nice to the dad. Cause she's being, she's sneering at him basically. Yeah. Dad, cause the son just goes, Hey dad, this is a good dinner. And he's yeah, like, I'm glad, son, I'm glad you like it. And the wife goes, Kuh. and he's like, what mom, did you want to say something? Did you have something to say mother? Yeah. Cause he's, he can't live like this anymore. So he's decided to poke the bear. Oh yeah. Because knowing that they haven't talked about this, mm -hmm. like for his part, he has to be sitting there going like, they blame me. I, they I, haven't said anything. Yeah. But they 100% blame me for this. I need to hear them set to hear her blame me at some point. We need to get this. Uh, we need to. We need to uh, twist the release valve on this thing. Yeah. So she stands up and starts yelling at him about how he killed the daughter, and he's like, "And now there's nothing you can do." And the worst part is you've never apologized for it. And I'm like, I ha "That's not. You got to show me not apologizing." Mo movie. I don't know how long it's been since the daughter died. You've, give, you've given us nothing. Oh yeah. I mean, this could be like four days later. This could be months later. It I don't has really to be know. months later because he's back in school, and you know you. For example, the fact that he's 17 and he accidentally killed a kid, we never see any legal shit. Oh, no. Nothing like that. We don't see him see a counselor. Yeah. Nothing happens. Nothing. He just goes to school the next morning, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But so she's just screaming at him about how no one in the world takes personal responsibility for anything. But also, again, brings up the, like, you keep lording it over me and mm -hmm. you're you, oh so fucking smug. Yeah. You just sneering at me and you'll never let me live anything down. Yeah, and the son's just like, weirdly, this is the part I was talking about where the son straight up does exactly what she's saying. He takes all this yelling at her, just sort of internalizes it, uh, looks back at his dinner, and then goes, you know, it's also your fault that she's dead. You made her go to that party. And I didn't, didn't want her to, to go. She didn't want to go. You made her go. Why did you make her go? And then she's like, can't, she flips out completely. And, and at that point, Gabriel Byrne, the dad, shuts it down and says, get out of here, both of you. Let's not, we're not doing yeah, this. this. No is, more. No, none of this. And they both stomp off. And I think right after that is where we have the scene where she, she sees him uh, with ants all over him. And that, so, so I think those two things happen. But the scene of Coney Collette breaking down and screaming at the 17-year-old stoner is really good. Oh, yeah. It's an awesome scene. But then this is where the movie finally 
she goes and looks through her mom's stuff. And her mom's stuff has some photo albums, and she likes to look through those, whatever. Uh, but then a book called Understanding Spiritualism comes Well, in. I mean, she sees that at the beginning when she's going through her mom's stuff. I know, stuff. but we need to talk about the fact that this movie is just about fucking Satan. It's got nothing to do with people being insane. Well, it's because she meets Joan again mm-hmm. outside of an art store, and Joan's like, oh, I met a medium, and the medium let me contact my my dead grandson have you've you got ever to come heard with of, me have you ever heard of spiritualism and she's like oh god damn it and i'm like oh god damn it yeah and uh, john was like oh god damn it oh yeah it's the beginning of the third act you're like oh okay hold on seances if this is, if this is just going to be a way to up the tension for the daughter haunting i was like all right fine whatever sure this is just a way to make it so that instead of it this is a transition from, we are going to go from, oh, this is just unreliable narrator, I'm going crazy, to, oh no, now creepy shit is going to happen where like even the dad can see it, and we go to, it's an actual haunting. Yeah. So yeah. they go back to Joan's place, and she's like, here's the seance thing I'm going to do. And it's these words, which incidentally you've seen carved all over your house all the way through the course of this movie. And... uh I, I'm going to talk to my, my little baby boy. and This is the thing. This bothered me. So she does a standard seance. They put their hands on a cup. She asks the, the son to move the cup. The, con, the sub, son moves the cup. The way she says it is, if you can hear me and you are here and you, uh, you want to talk to us, move the cup to the left. If you don't want to talk to us, move the cup to the right. And I'm like, who's right? Who, oh, yeah. Who, who's right? Well, what are we, stage right? What are you talking about, Ann like, Dowd? Oh, if it's yes to the left and no to the right. Who, like, who's right? You don't know where the ghost is. Is the ghost facing you? Is it a ghost face killer? <laughs> this is going to be a problem for you where the cup moves to the left and you're like, ah, he wants to talk, but he moved it to the right because he's facing you. <laughs> he's not standing where you're standing. That's creepy. Ghosts don't do that. Yeah. They like so, to stand adjacent to you so, you can, so they can look at your butts. Yeah, the left-right thing was very... It's I a, was like, oh, come on, I know. I don't know why it noticed it so hard, but the first thing I was like, hey, wait no, a minute. No, I did that too. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, who's left and right? <laughs> like, are you look? Because fucking Tony Collette is sitting to the left of her mm-hmm. like what about her left and right <laughs> yeah what if you're like oh you move the cup forward well it, no that was her left what actually happened was the cup got pulled away from both of them it kind of went away from both of them towards the center of the table so even if the kid heard their instructions he still didn't do anything that made any sense in oh, relation no, the, to what the first instructions were move the cup if you're here yeah, and then all. it was yes or no is left and right yeah but all the cup did at that point was go shoomph. but then she gets out a chalkboard and the kid writes i love you grandma yeah. On the cup. Which, to me, that was the point where I knew that Joni was bullshit. Because huh. she's doing things that mediums do. Mediums are always like, where's the kid? The kid is definitely in heaven. And he loves you. And he's very happy. And he's with all of his pets. Mediums never tell you that anyone you know is in hell. <laughs> they, 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 that, they won't, you won't pay them if they tell you that. So they go like, oh, everyone's super happy. Your drowned grandson is great. And everyone loves him. And he loves you. And love, well, love, love. I mean, at that point, the chalk moving by itself writing, I love you, grandma. You're like... All right, so there's some spirit shit going yeah, on. Yeah, but at that point, I knew that it wasn't the spirit of a seven-year-old doing that. I knew it was Joni fucking around. Ah. I figured at that that was the point where I knew that she was one of the witches from this movie that is the witch. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, she's just doing medium shit. She just needs this this other lady to buy in. And she hands Anne this sheet of paper that's like, 
here it's a bunch of words you don't understand and you need to do this ritual and here's the spell that that does here's the candle that does this please take it which is another reason I knew she was bullshit right away. I was like, you wouldn't give away the candle unless you talk to your dead grandson. Oh, you just need a candle. She she doesn't know that. She's only tried it with the one. <laughs> if I was able to speak and su- or summon and speak to the dead, I'd pretty much keep all the shit involved with it until I managed to prove it to CNN. Uh, so she's like, yeah, just go home and do this ritual, and then you're you're gonna have your daughter back. You'll be able to talk to her. Yeah, and of course, at this point, uh, the the mom is still like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. That's crazy. Everything I just saw is crazy. I need to get out of here. I don't want to be a part of this. No, no, leave me alone. But she still takes all the stuff home. So she goes home, has a horrifying vision of some kind in bed. Uh, I think this is the one where it's the vision is of her trying to pull her son's head off, or maybe that's the one that actually happens. Uh, yeah, it's, that's the one when he sees, uh, Charlie. He sees Charlie, her head falls off, and then hands spring out from behind his bed, which, by the way, is pressed up against the wall. Yeah. And, and start trying to pull his head off. Uh, then someone wakes up, and he's looking at his mom in the room, and he's- Well, yeah, Tony, uh, Collette in there, Anne is shaking him, and he's like, why did you try and pull my head off? She's like, no, I just got here because you were screaming. Yeah. But she's like, anyway, you need to come with me. You need to come with me right now. You need to come with me because we're doing a thing. And this is the point where she's gone full on, I can't explain myself because I'm too fucking crazy. Well, yeah, she's already done the ritual. Yeah. And is like, hey, uh, there's a scene where basically you can see a light in a bathroom and hear her doing these weird words. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, she's done the ritual. She's like, oh, no, I, I need you to come with me. Go downstairs. There's my, husband, other- my husband, follow me because I'm... I'm, I'm begging going you. real crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where this fits in with a couple other things. First of all, we didn't mention that Gabriel Byrne got a phone call at one point from the funeral home that the grandmother's grave had been desecrated. Yes. Uh, and I don't remember when, when this also links to the fact that the grandmother's corpse is in the attic. Much later. Much Okay. So they try to do this whole the, the, the seance thing. And the, the son is completely willing. Peter is completely willing to go along with it because this is the first time his mother's reached out to him in any way other than to shriek at him. Also, because he's been having these weird visions and nonsense, he's like, yes, I am willing to believe that I am being haunted, but here's that the, makes perfect sense to the me. The thing is, she's just like, she's like, oh, oh my gosh, this little girl is in the room, Charlie's in the room, and we can contact her, and there's no point where he's like, I don't want to do that, I don't want to talk to a person I killed. <laughs> That's that. Wouldn't that be a thing you'd think? If you accidentally knocked your sister's head off, would your first hope be like, well, let's, let's see what, she's thinks, what she thinks about that? Well, no, hey, it Charlie, would be, how you doing? I want to apologize. <laughs> To a ghost? I don't want to apologize. I mean, I, I do. I feel bad and all, but I'll do it through generic prayer and to the darkness, thank you. <laughs> I will not summon a spirit of her to apologize to it because she'll do spirit nonsense. <laughs> well, that's you. That's I, Okay, that's me being logical. I, I guess it's the same problem I have with where I was like, oh, you're a witch, Joni. You were definitely a witch. Where, where Why didn't you shoot like some cell phone video of you summoning your dead grandson and, and, and post that on fucking YouTube and shit? Where, where's that part? Because this whole movie is very... Very uh, internet friendly. There's a whole part where they're talking about Facebook statuses. Uh, but no, no, it's just one of those movies where cell phones just, you know, aren't mentioned. Well, she doesn't need to. If she's not like, oh, what I want to do is get everyone involved in the fact that I'm talking to my dead grandson. I don't think there's any personal revelation that could possibly occur to me, like of, on a spiritual level or otherwise, where I would not immediately think about how I could monetize it. Well, I also believe that that is you. <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's me. But if like if one of my dead family members was like Jeff, I can talk to you. I would be like, oh my god, my dead great uncle. Please tell me about the American First World War, uh, participation in the First World War. I'd be like, stay right where you are till I have my camera. <laughs> See, and that's very you. I think you are looking at this through Jeff colored glasses. Uh, those are the only colored glasses I have. <laughs> Anyway, they try the seance and it kind of well, it works. It works. 
but it doesn't work the way they want it to. Well, it freaks Peter out. He starts like just crying and yeah. freaking out well, because a, like things a, are happening. A window breaks, and then the fire does like it, the the fire and the candle jets up really hard, and then it disappears, and then it comes back up again. It has the the you know cup moves the same thing. All this stuff happens. The husband is very much in the vein of. Of the husband in this movie is is the I will never humor you no matter what guy. Like the son has to beg the dad to humor the mom in that scene. Oh yeah, up until that because otherwise in every other scene where she's like, please come with me, please just do the thing I want you to do, and he's like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not. Why would I? No, no, yeah, no. Because he he'd be the perfect person to make my point for me in that point. Why would Charlie want to? Or, or sorry, I'm sorry. Why would Peter want to talk to Charlie? He's totally terrified of this situation. Well, <laughs> That's the last person he wants to talk to. Again, it. Very much could be he wants to apologize to her. In what situation does this boy, who has been pointed out previously in the movie for never apologizing for anything in his entire life ever, would he suddenly want to apologize to a ghost? That's from the mother's point of view. (laughs) We also never see him apologize for anything. (laughs) That's true, but he doesn't really have anything else to apologize for, and he only wants to apologize to her, not to the mother. Hmm. I, I, I guess that's fair. My thought was, as soon as he, he was freaking out about it, I was like, of course he's freaking out about it. He's summoning the, his murder victim. <laughs> or his manslaughter victim, I guess. I, I, that's the last person I'd try to summon. Uh, yeah, man, you just don't get it. You just don't get how it's happening here. You think I'm, I'm too kind of psycho- or, or psychopathic to apologize to people I might have murdered? Yes. All right, let me just issue a blanket apology at this time to anyone I might have murdered or come to be... Or, or caused will the death murder of. in the future. Uh, Definitely uh, will murder I'm in the future. I'm very sorry. I also will further apologize that I am not going to summon you to apologize in person because that's shit creepy. <laughs> Fair. Now, the thing I had from this scene is much more... As you say, the dad this whole time has been like, stop going crazy please get your shit together and the second they go and do this seance and a cup moves by itself a window breaks and fire bursts out of a candle and he like looks under the table there's nothing down there at that point you'd think he would go oh shit all right oh shit there's a ghost instead what he does is eat some sleeping pills and go to bed on the couch he's like oh you know what i need to do is not watch my crazy (laughs) wife while she does weird things so he said he can't sleep near her because he's too mad at her for how he how she yelled at the sun uh, and also because she's fucking crazy. And his solution to this problem, even though he's terrified for the life of his son, is to leave the two of them alone upstairs and sleep on the couch with a bunch of sleeping pills and whiskey. Oh, yeah. His big solution is, nope, I'm out. Peace. Again, this fucking Act 3, everything falls apart. The dad up until this point has been like, I want to take care of my son. How do you think he's going to feel? What's going on? And then the second that we get to a point where either the mother has gone full on over the the edge crazy or there is a ghost he's like well time to go downstairs and take sleeping pills i'm checking out thank you so much for involving me up until this point it's time for the third act and everyone turns real fucking stupid just nonsense is gonna happen and here comes the big pile on of nonsense she so the mom while crazy goes to the daughter's room inside the daughter's room there's a little book that she used to draw pictures in. It's open, and the pages are turning, and it's being drawn in randomly uh, just by by the air. The air is using a, a black charcoal thing to draw on it. When she looks in it, it's just a bunch of pictures of Peter uh, Yeah, Peter being sad with his eyes drawn out, yeah. like crossed out. She ends up, at this point, is when she goes into the attic and finds 
the body of her mom that is headless? Yeah, the headless body of her mom is in the attic with some lit candles and some weird runes carved on the walls, which she has seen before in the big book of spiritualism. She rushes to the big book of spiritualism and her mom's old stuff, and wouldn't you know it, when she flips it open, there's a letter from her mom apologizing to her for all the shit that's about to happen, but that she'll understand it'll all be better after it all happens, and also the spell that we're seeing, which is the summoning of the god of mischief, Pyman. Oh, Pyman. That's right, it's Pyman, and he brings along his friend, Simple Simon, who he met. Uh, so Pyman is portrayed as sort of a fat devil riding a weird goat camel hippo thing, um, <laughs> and he's described as the god of mischief, and here are the two things that are highlighted on the page. He is the god of mischief, and he, is, he can be invited into the world by a coven, and also he prefers a male host because he himself is presented as a male when he is a demon. Yeah. Uh, then she turns the page, and there is a big picture of a fat idiot who is drunk, sitting on a large pile of gold coins, with the with the headline underneath it, "Gold for the Conjurer." Yeah. So she's like, ah, so if you summon this Pyman guy, you get riches. Yeah, riches for the Conjurer. And then she flips through the uh, the grandma's Not picture quite. book. Not, oh yeah, that is it. Yeah. 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 And she finds, oh no, Joan, this person that gave me a weird ritual that I just did without thinking about it, was also in all of these pictures with my mom. Oh, she was part of the whole thing. She was one of the coven of witches. So at this point, she goes to wake up everybody in the house to kind of, she wakes up the husband. She's like, you need to go upstairs and see what's happening. Go into the attic. Go in the, which, again, she's not like, there's a headless body in the attic and a rune carved in it. She's I like, need you to trust me and go just, into the attic. Just go into the attic. I need you to look at the thing that's in the attic. Go in there and look at the thing in the attic. What's the thing in the attic? No time. You have to go in there. You, you have to go into the attic, which I have closed, and I need you to open again. I need you to use that thing you used to open the attic to go into the attic to, again, see the thing, which I did not have time to explain to you. Please, 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 please go and look at the thing. It's a body. It's a, it's a dead body. Please go look at the dead body in the attic. You could have just said that. <laughs> yep, and he goes up there, sees the dead body, and is like, oh, Jesus, it was you. Oh, yeah. You he dug did. up the grave. You put your fucking grandma's body up there and took the head off. You're fucking nuts. What is nuts. wrong with you? This is, this is you being fucking nuts. And she's like, no, you don't understand. There's this book. And you see, the one time I tried to put the book into the fire and burn the book because the book is connected to the daughter, my arm caught on fire. You were in the room. You were asleep because of sleeping pills. I put, the, I put the book into the fire and it lit my arm on fire. So I took the book out of the fire. We need to burn the book. It's going to burn me if I put it in the fire because, because that's what it did last time. Uh, I'm going to cover it with paint thinner and, throw, and you're going to throw it in the fire and that'll burn me alive and kill the ghost of our daughter and everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> And he, and he's like, what is what what is any of this? And as the audience, you're also like, what is any of that? What is wait what? Yeah, the, like she hands him the book covered in this fucking paint thinner, and is like, just throw it in there. Just do this one thing for me. You have to throw kill it me. in the fire. It'll kill me, but I love you. You're the love of my life. And he's like, no, I'm not doing. I'm, this. I'm done. I do, I'm 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 peace. So she I'm takes. I'm gonna the go book. get my kid, and yeah. we're gonna leave. Goodbye. So she takes the book, throws it into the fire, and. Immediately, and with practically a cartoon trombone sound effect, Gabriel Byrne catches on fire and dies. Which, okay, just to be clear, this is a scene that happened previously in the movie. She puts the book into the fire, she catches on fire. Yeah, and I mean, not like violently, it just, as fire started going along the book, fire started moving along her arm. Yes. She put the book out, and the fire went out on her arm. Now, again, when, when she did that, Gabriel Byrne was already in the room. He was asleep on the couch behind her. She was worried about waking him up, even. 
Uh, in this scene, she tries to get him to throw the book into the fire because that would cause her to catch on fire and die, she thinks, because she's seen that happen once. Oh, yeah, and she also uh, used this, her daughter's uh, drawing book, mm-hmm. as the sort of focus item when she did the ritual yeah. before. So she thinks that that uh, if, if Gabriel Byrne throws the book into the fire, that she'll catch on fire and die. She can't do this herself because she's too afraid to kill herself. Yeah, but she, she does think, because this was the focus item in the ritual, if we burn that, then probably everything should end. Okay, so here's the thing we know. Her putting the book into the fire causes her to catch on fire. So she gives the book to Gabriel Byrne. If Gabriel Byrne throws the book in the fire, one of two things can happen. Either she's right and she's directly linked to the book and she catches on fire, or she's wrong and whoever puts the book in fire catches on fire and he catches on fire. He won't do it. He refuses to do it. She takes the book, throws it in the fire, he catches on fire. The only thing that is not a logical potential outgrowth of what's happening. Yes. If you throw the book in the fire, you catch on fire is one of the potential rules. Or the book is linked to her, so if it burns, she does, is the other one. Instead, the only thing that couldn't possibly happen does. Yeah, at that point, it real all rules break down, and the rest of the movie is wall-to-wall dumb bullshit that they just thought they wanted to add at the end. Mm -hmm. At this point... The son has pa- has knocked himself unconscious at school, and we forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, he he freaks out like he gets sort pos- of gets possessed and knocks his head into the table. Yeah, he he raises his hand in a weird symbol uh, shape and then bashes his face against the table until he's unconscious briefly. And when he wakes up, he's screaming. He's broken his own nose. Yeah, uh, or Pyman has broken his nose probably because it's clear at this point that Pyman is supposed to go into him, and that's the whole point. Uh, it, when he gets back, he's unconscious in his room, so he doesn't hear his dad burn to death downstairs. Uh, when he wakes up, there's just ghost things happening. It's just when, when the mom is just running up, around. And it, oh yeah, we see like uh, like a blouse go flying in the background without really being able to see who's in it. Just like white moves. Yeah, and you see he looks outside and he sees that the mom has has the, or the heaters have been turned on in, in the in the treehouse. And so he's like, okay, my mom is outside. But then there's like ghost stuff happening behind him everywhere he goes. And he is walking through the house and he's like, mom, dad, what's going on? He does not turn on a single light or even attempt to turn on no. a light. And it's funny if because I they... wake up in the middle of the night and no lights are on and I'm trying to find someone, my first thought isn't, well, I'll just stumble around in the dark saying, hey, mom and dad, until something happens. Well, I think that might just be you, John. I think that might be your John-colored glasses. <laughs> I don't turn the lights on in the house because I might wake my daughter up. I don't turn the lights on in the house ever. Uh, you see, I've got perfect night vision. You see, John, most people like me and everyone else that, that I am thinking of, who's also me, uh, we don't bother turning the lights on at night because that's expensive. <laughs> that's just money down the drain. All we do is go also, out. Don't you touch that thermostat? Yeah, you can touch that dial. Now I'm that a, you've I'm a dad. A dad. Yeah. <laughs> don't you fucking touch that thermostat? I've already I've already had the thermostat conversation. I actually have. I've been like, please use space heaters. They're cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, and also they don't heat up my room, which I was hating. Yes. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, you're right. He goes wandering through a dark house, past a number of conspicuous light switches, by the way. Oh, yeah. Just, like, goes into a room to look in there, and the light switch is, like, he puts his hand on the doorframe, light switch inches away, and he's he's not going to go like, oh, let me flip this and see if anyone's in here. He's just like, huh? Mom? And this is also the point where we finally start seeing the true villains of this movie. Smiling naked people, uh, filmed through a gray filter, hiding in closets and stuff. 
Yeah. So he, many smiling naked people, because this movie is The Witch. He goes downstairs. Well, no, that's way more insidious than it is The Witch, is the the smiling, weird, naked people. The witch's villains were also naked witch women Well, hanging out in the woods, which, by the way, the last shot you see of these naked people before we get to, oh my God, the end, uh, if them three of them standing out in the woods smiling. Yeah. Doing a see-no-dick, hear-no-dick situation with their hands. <laughs> it's good. I hate hearing the dick. <laughs> so, but he goes downstairs and fine. finds his dad burnt. And, and right from the beginning, you can tell every time they do a shot in this movie that's a one-quarter where the character's slightly off to the left or right, that you should just be looking at the background. Well, and yeah, it, and his mom is straight-up exorcist crawled up onto the ceiling yeah so we change focus briefly so we can see her back there for people who didn't already notice that the cross beams behind him were made of woman yeah uh and then and then cut back to his focus and when he turns around she's gone but then she drops to the ground and just starts straight up chasing him and at this point all i can think is what is she what is happening okay so let's let's break it down we know at this point that the whole point of this movie is that we need to get the the spirit of Paimon into him. And one of the things we passed by is that the daughter was always the grandma's favorite because she got the grandma was estranged when the when the son was born. Yeah, she she wouldn't let the grandma anywhere near her son. Yes, but when the daughter was born, she had relented and let the grandmother into her life, who rewarded her for letting her back into her life by breastfeeding her granddaughter whether the daughter wanted it or not. Yeah. We even see just to confirm that this was happening, a miniature that the mom has made of her mom wander of her mom wandering around with her boob out near the baby. Yeah. Let me just tell you right now, if my mom tried to breastfeed my baby, I would be like, "Nope, you get out." You're you're done. We're done here. Go die in the cur- go go out into the part of the village that is the <laughs> desert part of the village and die out there. You were not allowed to do this. Uh. uh, but it turns out that the grandmother was infested with pymon bacteria or whatever, and so she has breastfed it into the wrong gender because that was her only option. And now that now that Charlie is dead, pymon spirit is floating around and needs a dude to be in. And I guess he can only go into the dude when the dude is sufficiently scared or something. We don't even know what the criteria is. I have no idea. So I'm just going to finish this up, and then we're going to have a, a very... A big, long talk. Big, long conversation about this. So at the end, uh, the mom chases him, does a lot of crazy I want to know what would happen if she stuff. caught him. Like, if she caught him, would the movie end at that point? She's fucking nuts, but... So go ahead. Go he, ahead. He's up in the attic. He sees that there's, like, a circle with his picture in it. Sees his mom sawing her own head off as she floats in the air. We also see her trying to beat her way into the attic with her head. Yeah, uh, just just crazy ghost stuff happens. He so, jumps out the window. This is great though because he sees his mom floating in, sp- in in the air in front of him, using like a little wire, wire, a piano wire, to cut her own head off. <laughs> noise, and he just looks at her for a while. But then he finally decides to look away from his mom. He sees three naked people, and he's like, "Nope, that's my limit." That's, well, that, <laughs> there we go. That's all I needed. Thank you. And he I ju- was fine with a floating mother cutting her own head off. But yeah, three naked people. Oh, hard pass. <laughs> Uh, I gotta he, jump out the window. So he jumps out the glass window of the third story attic of his house and lands in a flower bed, and then the spirit of Pyman just kind of floats out of wh- like, wherever. Light comes, and the same sort of light effect we've seen. Actually, it's a really cool light effect, but uh, that's been going on in this movie. Just kind of like goes into his back and spreads out through him. Yeah, he wakes up, follows the headless body of his mom that floats into the treehouse. He goes up there. And then Passing a the, bunch of naked people in the woods. We get the end of Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, we get the end of <laughs> Rosemary's Baby mixed with the ending of, you guessed it, The Witch. He goes up there and they're like, oh, you're you're now Pyman. By, by they, I, it's a bu- it's pretty much everyone you've seen throughout it, the course. Yeah, it's Joan and a bunch of the people from the... Uh, the there's, like a people, the there's people from his the, school. 
Uh, people from the uh, funeral for the grandma. There's a head, his headless mom. There's a couple different headless people. Yeah, there's the headless mom and the headless grandma body yeah. there. Uh, and and so he gets up in there, and at this point he's switched from insanely scared to just serene. So he's just standing he's there just looking. He's walking slack-jawed around like, yeah. He's not quite serene, because the character, the actor is very good at playing I'm a dumb stoner, and so that's just what he looks like. He's like, Ugh. But the they refer to him as, they're like, hey, Charlie. Don't be afraid. You're Pyman, and you're now like the one of the ten. Eight. You're one of the eight, eight lords of hell. We looked to the northwest and invited you, and you came. You are now Pyman. You will reward us with control over all men as we grant our control over us to you. Yeah. Which would that's not a good deal. Oh yes, I would love to trade eight dead people to give you mind control over everyone on earth. Uh, the. <laughs> But incidentally, it's probably Joan who's talking, but you never see anyone talk. Instead, just like the ending of The Witch, a disembodied voice just pops up and is like, Hey, Charlie, devil stuff. You're the devil. You're Pyman. You have Pyman powers. And it's just, oh, and then she puts a crown on his head. And then they all go, praise Pyman, just like praise Satan at the end of Rosemary's Baby. Yep. And then just at the point where the movie is crescendoed into too much bullshit, it needs to explain everything to us, the director shows us his dick and ends the film. (laughs) Like... Just film ends with a pullback shot of this fucking treehouse and everyone in it, and Peter, who is now Charlie, who is also Pyman, is just standing there staring off into the distance, mm-hmm. wearing a weird plastic oh, crown. Oh, and looking at, a, looking at a scarecrow with a crown on it. Yeah. Uh, just just a whole bunch of shit. And then the movie just ends, and it plays that... I don't remember that song. I don't remember... <laughs> But it's but what? Did, what were you doing? Lo- owner of a lonely heart. I was there? owner of a lonely heart. Is the do, ending? Do, 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 do. No, I don't know any lyrics of the song, but I do. I did recognize when they started playing. It was some '60s folk piece number that ends the movie, and that's it. That's just the end, right? Oh, hail Pyman! Yeah, fucking the third act of this movie. It's just uh, uh, ridiculous wall wall bullshit nonsense. that obeys no rules. There's no internal consistency to it. The movie spends a, ho- a whole bunch of time wheel spinning with setting up the logic, the pieces, the internal consistency of this universe, the haunting, what's actually happening. And then the last act is just like, nah, none of that. Just Oh, yeah. We'll just so, use the same pieces to play a different game. As we said, the whole time they're doing this, it's either you're crazy or you're being haunted. And even when it gets to the point where it's like late in the second act, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we switched up. It's not haunted from the grandma. It's haunted from this kid. Uh, you might even think, oh, well, maybe it's just some evil spirit that she accidentally summoned instead of the kid. We're going to do a full insidious thing. Mm-hmm. But instead of that, they're just like, oh, hey, you know how we never really mentioned anything about like Satanism and nothing about Charlie seemed like it would be weird with Pyman or nonsense like that? Uh, anyway, here's that. And all of our rules go out the window, and we're just going to do weird, like, granted, filmed well. Like, mm-hmm. the, the mother sort of clinging to the ceiling, banging her head against the trap door to the attic when he goes up there. Very creepy, very well done scene, but it makes no fucking sense, because you're like, okay, did the did the mom get possessed by there's, Pyman? There's what the gotta, fuck happened? There's a point where when she accidentally lights Gabriel Byrne on fire, where she's screaming and looking at him in abject terror because her husband's dying, where she suddenly goes slack-jawed and, and sort of like, oh, I expected this would happen. Like, her face just goes to, uh, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's right. So I, th- I think at, at that exact moment, she's being possessed by Pyman, because at that point, after that, she sticks to ceilings and floating. She, she turns into fucking Rosemary, or, or into the exorcist kid, but Ray, what, Reagan. What is the... F- 
fucking rules here on what Pyman can or can't do. If he can just be like, oh, I just possessed the mom. Why doesn't he just possess Peter if he wants someone? Why doesn't he fucking possess Gabriel Bird? It, it really what does is happening. Here? It really does seem like he can only possess people when they're absolutely 100% terrified or when they, when he's been breastfed into them. Those are his two options. He can either get breastfed into them or because it's a point where, where she's at her absolute worst, where she's screaming because her husband's on fire, that she gets possessed. And it's the scene where... where uh, Peter is so scared that he jumps out of a third story window that he gets possessed. Now, the but there's nothing in the in here about that. And also if if there was a rule where it was like, "Oh yeah, it has to be like the grandmother summoned it, so it has to be on her line. That's why we don't go to Gabriel Byrne." Mm-hmm. Uh and there has to be some kind of ritual I could see you could go, oh, the grandmother did a ritual. Like, maybe it wasn't even just the breastfeeding thing. Maybe she just did a ritual while she was in the house. Or maybe the ritual that summons well, uh, when we see, Charlie is actually the ritual that summons Pyman. Well, I was going to say, we see in the uh, the grandmother's room, the one time we go in there, she does have that weird, like, triangle thing. Yeah, uh, the triangle thing which points towards the person you want to die or you want Pyman to go into or something. So, And you put the picture of them in it. So I'm like, it might not have just been breastfeeding puts Pyman into her it could have just been her being like I want to take care of the vessel that is my weird Satan thing is going to go into and she did the ritual there okay sure let's say when he goes up into the attic you also see that same triangle with a picture of uh, Peter in there and there's candles okay they did the same ritual for him and Pyman gets to go into him we talk about how what happened with the mom why does she get to be possessed and cut her own head off I assume it's because at that point, the only person who's vulnerable to Pyman possession is her. She's the one who most recently cast any kind of ritual at all, so maybe it's close enough. She sees her husband dying, and when she's at her absolute lowest, Pyman goes into him. The problem is that Pyman does stuff in her that makes no sense, because you never see the little kid floating around. There's no evidence that the, the grandmother ever sawed her own head off. I mean, I, she doesn't have a head in the movie, so maybe she did. But, but I also uh, want to touch briefly on that as well of... What's the point of all these heads going off? I know Charlie got her head knocked off, but the grandma, when she died, didn't have that happen. But when they find the body, the head is gone. So maybe maybe it wasn't just enough that she had nurtured uh, through breast milk the daughter, but also Pyman was still stuck in her until her head got popped loose. Maybe I, like you have to pop a head loose for for Pyman to go into someone. Because that's definitely what's happening with, with the mom cutting her own head off at the end. She is... She's opening up the cork of her own head to release Pyman so he can go into the sun. Okay, because but the flo- why the- is the grandmother's head off? Because Pyman was in the grandmother until someone dug up her grave and cut her head off to let Pyman out. Wow. Okay, I, I think I'm actually starting to put this together. <laughs> I-, I don't want you to take this as an endorsement, uh, but-, but basically the idea is that you need to cut your head off for Pyman to get out of you. So when the grandmother dies, Pyman's in there. And a lot of the people at the funeral know, which is why they all have weird knowing smiles, but they have to wait for the funeral. And then after the funeral, they, they, the body is buried, and then they dig her up, cut her head off. Pyman floats out, goes into the little kid, and then she sees the ghost of the grandma for reasons that will never be explained. She's briefly Pyman, very briefly, maybe like a day of being Pyman, before she gets her own head chopped loose, which is definitely Pyman doing that because he hates being in ladies. <laughs> then okay. Pyman floats around at random for... Except- Nothing happens with Charlie to make you think that maybe Pyman is possessing this kid. Uh, well, except for the abil- her her ghostly abilities to write stuff and her... What uh, are you talking about? She draws in her own uh, drawing style after she dies. No, I'm saying while Charlie is alive, there is nothing to say that she has been possessed by Pyman. Well, she can see ghosts. Everyone sees ghosts in this. 
<laughs> so, uh, no, you're right. There's not. There's nothing to suggest that Charlie was ever actually any any amount of pieman. Like right before well, she also- gets her head knocked off. If your whole you have to have the head knocked loose in order to get pieman out, she's just being a weird, awkward kid that then has some cake. Can we also talk about how pieman is a terrible devil? Like, uh, I, I mean, of the I, devils that you could get. I understand that the reason that they, that they had to go with Paimon is because Pazuzu was already taken, and so was just Satan by <laughs> by better move by better versions of the same movie. So was just Satan, because <laughs> that's the one in uh, Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah. They don't they don't they don't name the devil in that one. They're like, it's going into old scratch. No, it's uh, well, the very end of it is them going praise Satan. Yeah, they're not praising Beelzebub or something. So we know it's going into the core Satan. Yeah, the original. <laughs> the OG. Yeah, the OG Satan. Where this one was like, well, we can't do Satan. We can't do Beelzebub because he's in some other movie. We can't use Pazuzu. Who's left? Uh, this this dweeb named Pyman. His name is Pyman. He rides on a hippopotamus camel. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. What's his deal? He's the god of petty mischief. Oh, fiddle-dee-dee. He'll be perfect. Oh, good. That means that any dumb shit that happens in this, we can go ahead and write off as, oh, Pyman's just mischievous. Here's another problem I have for you, John. <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> After the mom cuts her own head off, she goes floating up into the house to worship uh, Pyman. But she's a headless corpse. Uh-huh. Uh, Pyman left her. Why is she still floating around? That assumes that Pyman was in her to begin with, it was which de- I no, still don't no, understand. No, Pyman was 100% in her because the, the, the sequence of events in that scene is... is unmistakable she gets she uh, tries to chase him into the attic when she can't she just floats into the attic and then she cuts her own head off after he jumps out the window the moment no, she's cutting her own head off before he jumps out no but she doesn't finish the act of cutting her own head off until after he has jumped out the window once he jumps out the window here's the sequence of events saw 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 cut thump light goes into him light the, the moment you hear the thump is with the first moment where you first start to see the light come out so it's definitely that Pyman's spirit came out of her because she finished cutting her head off and went into him so that was why i was asking earlier in the review what was she going to do if she just caught him without cutting his cutting her own head off what was what was her agenda at that point like she was chasing him around all wild crazy through the house if she caught him would she be like all right sit here saw 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 what what, what, what was that i mean it, it's just inconsistency maybe she was going to knock him out and I, then cut her head off Maybe because you need to be unconscious for Pyman to go into you? I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. There's, no, There's rules. no rules. There's nothing in this movie that makes sense once you get to the third act. Up until, like, through act two, you're like, oh, this is a horror movie that has an internal, consistent idea behind it. It's super atmospheric. It's creepy. It's got good ideas, great actors. This is awesome. And then the third act happens. You're like, what the fuck did you do to this movie? Yeah. And it does the thing I don't like in horror movies where it builds to an insane crescendo and then it just ends. And it's like, well, that'll haunt them more than figuring out whatever the fuck any of this was. And I'm like, no, you don't. It would be fine if they had gone with something that you thought was probable. But the fact that they just throw this third act curveball of, no, it's actually Satanism and then don't do anything and all of the rules stop making sense? It would be like if Cabot in the Woods ended in the, in the scene where Thor ran into that giant shield thing. <laughs> if you're just like, whoa, a giant shield thing, what's that? Credits. You're like, what? what? No, hang on. What, what's going on? Oh, I need to know things. I need, there's so many, you didn't, you didn't earn this. You didn't earn any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking, okay, I want to say this. I didn't like The Witch. The Witch was bad for me. It was very atmospheric. It was very good at doing that in the same way that this movie was. Mm-hmm. But in the same way, I just didn't get anything out of it. There was nothing there for me to grab onto and be like, this is interesting. It's way too many of what we were complaining about earlier in the movie. Uh, building crescendos of music that lead to scene changes. Yeah. 
And I There's only so many of those before you get bored of them. Yeah, I don't need jump scares in my movie, but if you're going for creepy, creepy and atmospheric, but the way you do that is the exact same thing every single time, after like the third time you do it, I go, okay, I get it. Yeah, oh I, boy. I see the trick that you have done. Oh boy, the violins sure are swelling. I bet we're about to jump cut to another scene. Yep. And it's sort of like the anti-jump scare in that it jumps to another scene and I'm like, oh, I got less interested. <laughs> My least favorite thing is when they do that in movies where they jump away from a genuinely terrifying thing that happens to another scene with the same characters in it and they don't explain what just happened. <laughs> like, we're running from a ghost. And now we're in a subway. You want a sandwich? You want to get a... Yeah, now we're in the subway. You want to get a... Let's get these sandwiches here. What about, what about that ghost a, that was just chasing you? We're not six-inch meatball. That's not what we're doing. We're not. We're not resolving the previous scene. That was a different scene, man. Man, we got away from the ghost. It's fine. Anyway, cold cut trio. <laughs> I'm about to go crazy on an Italian meat trio. Please, <laughs> please, <laughs> please, and thank you. Make me a chicken pizziola. I know it's not on the menu anymore, but I know you know what it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, God, we've been going for like an hour and a half now, and I don't care. I'm just so angry at the third uh, act of this movie. Yeah, it's such a waste. Because it, it, it basically tries to pull the same ending that the witch tried to pull, which is everybody but the one kid die, dies suddenly and in crazy, stupid ways. And then what happens to the kid? Well, they get offered the promise of immortal devil power. The end. I mean, at least in The Witch, it was like the whole time you had this denial of what was going on. And at the very end, you're like... Oh no, the devil is real and the devil is here and you can become a witch if you want to. And you're like, okay. But in this it was just, hey, uh, third act Satanism and now the kid has no choice. The rules don't make any sense. Man, Fucking Ryan Styles matter. is here. <laughs> Colin Mockery's possessed by the devil. <laughs> oh, we're going to pull Wayne Brady up to play another game where he has to sing as it turns out. Oh yeah, Wayne Brady comes up and sings a song about Pyman. How come only Wayne Brady ever gets called up to sing? Is it because no one else on the show can sing? It is. But it, just, it sure does seem incongruous. They should really try to find another guy that can. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like, this is a game. We're going to have Wayne Brady come up. I'm like, yeah, no shit you are. Yeah, of course, because you're going to have him sing something. Oh, are you going to have Colin Mockery and Ryan Stiles act things out that he is singing? It feels le it's less I mean, improv. At, at least in the last game, Hoedown, they all get to do it. I know that's true. The Hoedown was good shit, but a lot of the, the things in that game, that uh, series, were like we're going to do a crazy improv thing that's exactly the same as every other time we do it. I'm like, wait, you guys forgot what improv is, didn't you? <laughs> oh wait, no, you didn't. I just remember what improv is. <laughs> All right, so you want to do your favorite and least favorite or, sure. or lead me I'm, through I'm, it? It's I'm, your show. I'm done bitching about the last act of this movie. I think we've curb, curb stomped it enough. Yeah, we've, I think we've hated on it enough. Yeah. People know. All right, let's get to the best and worst. Jeff, your best, which you've already said. It's the scene where Tony Collette yells at the 17-year-old. I'll stay I'll stay consistent. Uh, the The supernatural elements in this movie are fascinating. I love the light effect that, that, that draws characters towards things. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of the naked people hiding in dark spaces. <laughs> it's just not it, it's just not as interesting as I think they thought it would be. I'm not scared of a fat math teacher. I just I'm like oh look a fat I, math teacher's in the closet. Look at that. What do naked you know? math teacher in a closet freaks me out. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that right I, now. It's fair enough. But I, I, again, I, I'm I'm still I'm, I'm like trying to monetize it in my head. I'm like, how can I make money off this fat <laughs> math teacher? <laughs> I got to get a camera on this fat math teacher. I'm gonna be rich because that shit is my math teacher naked in my house looking at me and smiling. That is a gold mine. You you you're going straight to YouTube. 
you. You are going to be money for me. Uh, but, I mean, the scares were pretty. Everything was cool. But the the, the psychological tension of the scene where the, the mom just unloads on her teenage son was, was powerful. It was effective. And I love that his response wasn't to start crying and run away, but to straight up undercut her. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. You? Uh, definitely the scene where Charlie gets her head knocked off. That entire scene from them racing in the car to him getting home and lying down that whole bit is perfectly it was done. so good. If this was a short film and that was the only part of the film, that would have been the best. It was amazingly well executed. I mean, great acting on his part, as well as just the pacing of it, how they show what happened. It was such a well-done scene. Yeah, it absolutely was. And note that neither of our suggestions had anything to do with Satanism. <laughs> Yeah, nothing that happened here had anything to do with the re- resolution of this movie. Yeah. Hey, what was the worst part of this movie for you? Uh, I'm going to have to try and pick a... Oh, it's when Gabriel Byrne gets, caught, gets set on fire. I was going to say, it has to be the L- book part for you. The logical inconsistencies of that scene are maddening. But it's also, I mean, the, the same logical inconsistencies of the ghost being told to move something left or right with no point of view for where the ghost is standing. <laughs> is... Honorable mention to left or right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've got to set things up better when you're talking to an invisible spirit. Huh? I mean, you've got you've to establish some rules. Put another cup down and say, move this towards that cup for yes. Or at least say my left or my right. Yeah. <laughs> move it stage left. <laughs> Move it with the shins. <laughs> That's, stage left still wouldn't work because you wouldn't know what they Stage left for you is still, it just means right. I, so anyway, yeah, it's it's the scene where Gabriel Byrne gets set on fire and then he does what people do when they get set on fire in movies, stand there and just go, oh, and not like, you know, trying to stop, drop and roll about it or anything. Yeah. All but, right. That's a good pick. Yeah. You? Oh, man. I honestly want to just say in the very last scene, as soon as they went, Praise Pazuzu! I was like, this is Rosemary's baby. You can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I love that you went to Pazuzu because <laughs> it's yeah. Paimon. Oh, it is. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> Paimon is not going to stick in my head ever. <laughs> Pazuzu is the exorcist demon. I know. <laughs> Fucking Paimon is not. Uh, it is not a name that you're like, ooh, that sounds like a creepy demon. Well, notably, I'm pretty sure they, they mention which cardinal direction Paimon is. They say yeah. that he's of the Northwest. And I feel like they also do the same thing with Pazuzu in the Exorcist movies. I think he was the East demon or something. Meh. So I, I people are going to correct me on which demon is which. But, I'm sure, but, but uh, it doesn't matter. But I remember that coming up during Exorcist only in the clips I've watched. I've never seen the whole Exorcist movie. Fuck that movie. Oh, I've watched it. And it's, I'm kidding. I've seen all of Exorcist. I have not seen any of the sequels. I have seen two of the sequels. I think I've seen Exorcist. Actually, no, I've seen three. I've seen Exorcist 1, 2, 4, and the latest one. Oh, for Christ's sake. How are there so many Exorcist movies? I don't know. It took me forever to see the first Exorcist, by the way. It was like my great shame as a horror person that I was like, oh, yeah, I just haven't watched The Exorcist. I saw Rosemary's Baby for the first time last year. God, it's so fucking bad. I hate Rosemary's Baby. I hate every movie from the 70s. I hate Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. (laughs) Come at me, internet. I hate all the well-loved horror movies. Maybe stop making them because it's just this movie again. It's, this is just another reiteration of it. This could have been called Rosemary's Baby 2, The Witch. <laughs> Mo- Rosemary's Witch Baby. Yeah. The Vivitch 2. The Vivi. <laughs> That's what this could have been called. Uh, all right. We're going to give this movie a rating, 0 to 5 each. That's going to give the movie a rating out of 10. Jeff, this movie. Two and a half. All a right. lot of this is very technically well done. 
There's a lot of pretty stuff to look at. There's a lot of there's a lot of neat things. There's a lot of intentionally very well done tense scenes. There's so much of this movie that's not worth throwing out with the bathwater of the end of it that is still worth checking out. Oh yeah. So so if it turned if it came on in streaming, it would be worth watching. A two and a half for me. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half for me. Much the same thing you said. There's so much to love about this movie, and I my hate that boner that I have for the end of this movie doesn't make the rest of this movie any worse. And even the shit that I hated was still, like, well shot. It was very well presented. It was just dumb as fuck. Mm -hmm. So... I'll give it a three and a half. I would be, I would have been willing to go there, but my cardinal rule of movies is don't break the rules that you establish. If you put some rules in your movie, follow them because that way the, it feels like a journey for me. Yeah, uh, and you and you're allowed a couple of rug pullouts. You know, you're allowed. Oh, the rules have changed. That's fine. I'm okay with that. This movie has far too many. This just doesn't make any fucking sense, and far too many. This is the third dream sequence in a row. Yeah, I mean, even if you go, the rules have changed. Then stick with those rules and make it so that when you look back in the movie, those rules still make sense. Yeah. I know if you look at the end of this movie and then look back at the beginning of the movie, you're like, wait a minute, none of this matters. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to give this movie the same point reduction I gave to Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice <laughs> because it had like six fucking dream sequences in it. Uh, so same thing here. Too many dream sequences. Too many. This lady might be crazies. So a six. This gives us a six out of ten. Uh, definitely one of the higher ones that we've rated, but still not amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I you, if you were going to go see this in theaters, don't let us stop you. Yeah. Although, why the hell did you listen to this? I mean, like I said at the very beginning, this is definitely one that is worth a watch, but I, I don't think you need to spend theater money on it. No, it's going to be fine when this one's on Netflix in November. Yeah, there's, there's nothing going on in this movie that needs a big screen. Mm-hmm. So, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're like Jeff and you want to monetize everything, then we've got a Patreon you could go to. <laughs> you can go to our Patreon for only a dollar. Once there. <laughs> go to patreon.com slash system mastery. You can support us however you like. It helps us. It lets us keep doing what we do here, making fucking two-hour-long reviews of an hour and 45-minute movie. And... Uh, you can get all of our bonus content for all of our other shows. Uh, $1 gets you all the System Mastery. $2 gets you that, plus all the Expounded Universe stuff. But like I say, even if you don't listen to anything else, anything you support will help us keep this show on the air as well. Yeah, absolutely it will. And, you know, we're not completely against the idea of generating additional content for this show. Indeed. We're always on the lookout for another show to do. We've been talking about some AP stuff, but we've also been talking about maybe doing a, running a series of some kind and making that the AP content for this show. So there are options. Let us know what you'd like us to do and what you'd be willing to give us more money for. <laughs> do you want my do you want my pee? I can mail you my pee. What do you want to do you want a picture of a smiling naked math teacher? I'll do it. <laughs> I took so many screenshots of the screen at that point. I might as well have been. There was literally a woman two rows in front of me taking selfies throughout the entire movie. So fucking annoying. Why is it always you? When I go see a movie, nothing happens and then every time you come back from seeing a movie by yourself you're like, there was 13 kids in front of me and they couldn't stop yelling. This I, I don't know what it is. I, in this case, it's my fault that I had to survey the entire theater. Uh, convinced that I was not going to like the movie because I don't like horror movies in general, I took the back row so if I was correct and the movie was super boring, I could play Hearthstone without bothering anybody. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that meant I had everyone in front of me. Yeah. And there was a woman in front of me who was literally lining up, taking selfies, and then opening up the editor feature and adding like hearts and, and frames and shit to them, Jesus. and then throwing them away and doing it again. God damn. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back in another couple weeks with another movie review for you here. 
Uh, until such a time as we do that, you have a good one.